This is Talking Urology. Next, we're going to give the highlights of the point-counterpoint discussion we had regarding the role of uh, systemic therapy in oligometastatic disease. I was actually arguing the case of early systemic therapy, and I'm joined by Shankar Siva, who is a radiation oncologist at Peter Mac, who took in Melbourne, and he was uh, given the task of arguing the case for metastasis-directed therapy. So I was, uh, I was given the task of going first, and I looked at this from the perspective of, uh, I know we can delay ADT if we give metastasis-directed therapy, and I know that either by surgery or radiation, we get very good local control, certainly at the doses that are appropriate for in, ra- in radiation, which you've got to go pretty high dose, but we're looking over 99% local control, and certainly with surgery, we see very few infield recurrences. The argument that I made was we can do that and you do delay ADT, but inevitably most of these people will have an out-of-field recurrence. My, my discussion focused around are we doing these patients a disservice by not treating them early while their disease volume is low? It's because we know that disease volume is important. It is a surrogate marker for how it's going to respond to androgen deprivation, whether that be uh, when we look at charted, they do the low volume versus high volume is an important distinction where they do a lot better, where the chemotherapy is only useful, upfront chemo is only useful in the high volume disease. Low volume doesn't seem to receive as much benefit because of the advantages of, uh, of the androgen sensitivity of the cancers. It's already optimally treated. Um, looking at the early ADT treatments, we've got uh, several meta-analyses, looking at relatively old data. It's, it's arguable whether there's a benefit in overall survival, but certainly benefits in complications and um, disease progression. And we've even got the messing trial. While it was underpowered, you don't need a large trial to show a large effect. Men lived longer. In fact, 84% chance of being alive, a greater chance of being alive at any time point if they'd had early ADT rather than delaying. So this really formed the basis of my argument is that we can do detect metastasis-directed therapy, but are we missing an opportunity to cure micrometastatic disease, some might say, but at least knock it on the head. And uh, I think one of the key things to realise is that there is no evidence in this oligometastatic disease comparing metastasis-directed therapy to uh, early ADT. And in the light of that, we're desperately in need of a trial in this space because we spend a lot of our MDMs discussing this exact topic. So, Shanka, you took the... The, the counterpoint argument, what were the highlights of your talk? Yeah, I mean, um, thanks for uh, debating with me, Joseph. I, I found it was a really quite stimulating debate. From my perspective, I suppose I was uh, doing the case for metastasis-directed therapy. And in a lot of ways, our arguments are synergistic in a sense because we do recognise a lot of patients will actually uh, recur. The majority of patients will recur. A majority of them will recur within two years. Um, but from my perspective, going through with uh, androgen deprivation and early systemic therapy is a medical roller coaster. Once you start on this, you're, you're, uh, the patient is pretty much committed to this for the remainder of their, their lifespan and switching between different agents. But I think the role of metastasis-directed therapy uh, is the potential to treat some, uh, add an extra line of therapy and potentially have uh, a localised therapy that can uh, be used in conjunction with the systemic therapy at a later time point. And so far, you're right, it's about patient selection and that low volume oligometastatic disease is the key. 
The evidence that we have in my interpretation of the data so far is that uh, the use of systemic therapies is most beneficial for high volume disease. And in the biochemical recurrence setting, we still don't have level one evidence to support the use of uh, uh, early initiation of immediate androgen deprivation. So we're talking about a patient population that may potentially benefit local, locally uh, directed therapies, whether that be surgical from a lymph node dissection, uh, stereotactic radiotherapy or, or uh, um, whole pelvis radiotherapy, whichever approach. Um, and the question is about balancing the toxicities of each approach and selecting the appropriate treatment approach for, for those patients. You're right though, these kind of uh, um, uh, opinions and, and uh, are largely non-evidence based. We have run a couple of clinical trials so far, particularly in Melbourne, uh, and these are due to report uh, relatively soon. And one of the studies I was involved with, uh, which is Popstar, uh, will hopefully have some results in only a handful of months time. Um, so in the absence of this kind of uh, high level evidence, we really should get involved in the clinical trials. Uh, and I think there is a, a new study being led from um, uh, Piet Ost uh, over the, in the Belgium from Ghent University, uh, which is piece five, uh, a study that's been run through November. And hopefully that's an opportunity as, uh, as us as on, on clinicians in Australia and New Zealand to, to join in such a study. Fantastic. I do hope that we join that study because I just think the number of, number of cases every week that we just um and ah over what to do with these oligometastases. And PSMA has just not helped because it's, it's detecting all these cancers and we just don't know what to do with them. So it'll be yeah. very interesting to see. Thanks a lot, Shanka. Really Thank appreciate you. you joining us. Thanks.